Welcome to the podcast. This is Your Daily Drive. I am Rick Thomas. Thank you so much for joining me. The title of today's podcast is The Reward of Doing It in the Dark. Now, before you jump ship, just give a listen for just a moment. This is a super practical podcast. It will benefit you, especially if you have communication problems. I just did a Life Over Coffee podcast, episode 114. You can listen to that podcast if you want to. The title of it is How to Fix Your Communication Problems. And as I was thinking about that podcast, I said during the podcast that it is not an exhaustive treatment on communication. No 30-minute podcast, no book for that matter, is, it, is an exhaustive, comprehensive treatment on communication because there are so many angles, there are so many questions when you delve into communication problems that people have. And so you can't do it complete justice when you do a podcast. And so I did that one, and I talked about some of the root issues and gave some practical advice, and and it has been doing well on our website. And thank you if you've listened to it. I I appreciate that, but I am aware that it's not exhaustive. And so I wanted to add to that podcast. I want to give you something practical, and that's why I'm doing this one here on Your Daily Drive, The Reward of Doing It in the Dark. I want to share with you how Lucia and I overcame our communication inhibitions, our anger with each other, and the other things that were related with our early marriage communication problems. Because once we decided to work on our communication problems, we realized there was another problem facing each other, face-to-face, eye contact, looking each other in the eye and sharing these deeper things that we have been struggling with, with God and with each other for quite some time. And so this advice that I'm going to share with you today in this podcast, I have shared many times with counselees. Once they got to the place where they were willing to deal with their communication problems, they needed a context and a method to do that, especially if there were insecurities involved. And almost always there are insecurities involved with two individuals when they get to this Place Because this is a vulnerable place to be when you start opening up your innermost being to another person. Taking off the fig leaves of Adam and saying that I'm going to be transparent, it takes vulnerability. There is a risk in love, no doubt. And sometimes you just need a little help and some advice on how to do that. So that's what this podcast is about. If you want to read the article, you can do that. I've written all of this out on our website, rickthomas.net, and you can read. It's not long, actually. This is one of my shorter articles. It may be 700 words, but it's really short. I got some call to action at the end of it, and I think it will benefit you. Also, for those of you who do discipleship care, I would recommend that when it is appropriate and with the right to people that you give this as a homework assignment to, to help them think through how they can begin that early vulnerable process of talking to each other intimately. Let me ask a couple questions here. Do you find it difficult 
to look your spouse in the eye so you can communicate intimately. I mean, that would be a good question to, to gauge yourself by. Here's another one that's similar to that. Is it hard for you to be vulnerable with your spouse? During the early years of our marriage, Lucia and I had a, a gnawing dislike for each other which made intimate face-to-face talking to be a chore rather than a redemptive opportunity. And I shared a good bit of this in episode 114, How to Fix Your Marriage, How to Fix Your Communication Problems in my Life Over Coffee podcast. I I, I call this the eye contact inhibitor effect. You're inhibited from making eye contact and talking vulnerably, intimately with the other person. And it's when two people are too insecure to look each other in the eye. That's the eye contact inhibitor effect. Social psychologists call it the disinhibition effect when it comes to social media. The disinhibition effect, what they're saying is that that people are not as inhibited from telling you all kinds of harsh things on social media because they are not looking you in the eye. And so you can be inhibited when you're looking someone in the eye. And this is one of the reasons that people gossip so much. They will not tell the person that they have a problem with, but they will tell anyone else because they are inhibited from talking to the person that they have a problem with. And there is a disinhibition from talking to other people. That's what gossip's about. And the social psychologists call this the disinhibition effect on social media. Rather than operating by the rule of thumb that says, I will not say anything on social media that I would not say to an individual privately, these people lack a spirit-led self-control because there is a cyber distance between them and the person that they are publicly berating. This disinhibition effect is a huge problem on social media. People are too immature and too insecure to talk to you privately, to look you in the eye, because it is, or it can be, for a lot of folks, it can be inhibiting. It's a part of our Adamic fallenness. Adam sinned. He put on fig leaves. He felt guilt and shame, this internal awkwardness within his own soul. And it's hard to be that to, to have that kind of vulnerability with another person. So inhibition is a part of the problem. Legalism was also part of the problem for us as well. Being steeped in a legalistic way of thinking hindered us. Legalism is a fear-based culture that builds walls of separation while diminishing the far-reaching transformative power of the gospel. It was hard for us legalistic expats (laughs) to functionally believe the gospel, specifically that the death of Christ on the cross was enough to take care of all of our sinning against each other. If If you're unsure that your sin is fully neutralized by the power of the gospel, it's going to be hard to talk to another person about your sin. Now, both of you have to believe this. Both of you have to believe the gospel, that it neutralizes sin. And if your sin is neutralized, you can talk about it. There's no life in it. The gospel has killed it dead, and you can talk about it. 
But if you've been steeped in legalism, either through a religious culture like what we were, or just by our own Adamic fallenness, we had a double whammy there. We were born legalist in Adam, and then we were shaped legalist by a religious culture. And so coming out of a fear-based culture, it was hard for us to believe the gospel in a functional, practical way. Being unsure God would take care of our problems made facing each other about our problems more challenging. The lingering effects of our sinfulness and our legalism continue to hover over our relationship. It was as though we were living in a fear-based, guilty stupor. Our self-righteousness focused our attention on all we had done wrong and all the other person had done wrong as well, rather than the grace of God. It was the deadly combination of self-righteousness, I must present myself better than I am, and self-pity, I don't want you to know the real me. Both of those things working together truncated our ability to walk out the humility of the gospel with each other. In short, we needed a gospel fix. After mutually seeking forgiveness from God, mostly, primarily, for our lack of appropriation of the gospel in our lives, not believing the, de the declarations of the gospel. And so after seeking forgiveness from God and seeking forgiveness from each other for how we had hurt each other, we began the arduous journey of rebuilding our marriage. This path of dying to ourselves led us to a fearful confrontation in our souls individually. And that was the inhibition of looking each other in the eye to talk vulnerably. Once we got to this place, now you can't get to this place unless you are truly living in a practical outworking of the gospel. Has the gospel neutralized your sin? Now, if it has neutralized your sin, the first thing you're going to do is you're going to look up at the other person and you're going to look each other in the eye and that can be inhibiting. To be serious, transparent, humble, and kind, that was hard in a face-to-face -face setting. Again, that's why so, so many people will go off on others and be so unkind in social media because they, they don't have the Christian maturity to, be, uh, to, to, to say it in a kind way, what they would say, what they, how they should react when they're talking face-to-face. -face. We could talk all day, Lucia and I could, about the cares of life. But the matters of the heart were difficult. We needed a game plan. Our problem brought new meaning to John's words about people loving darkness more than, more than light. Now, we didn't enjoy the dark more, but we did struggle with communicating in the light of day. Because of the shame and timidity that seemed to hinder us from being open and honest with each other, we started, we decided to start doing it in the dark. Now, what I mean by that is that we found that late at night, while in bed, with the lights turned off, was the most comfortable time for us to learn how to talk to each other about things that mattered. There was no eye contact. 
just two selfish and timid people trying to do it in the dark. Oh, and holding hands while talking, that was a plus. In time, it's kind of like baby steps. In time, we learn how to bring our conversation into the light. God was remarkably kind to us. Now, since that time, we have become best friends. And Lucia is the one person I want to talk to more than any person in the world about what is up with my soul. She is the first person, the primary person, the most significant person that I want to talk to about the inner turmoil or whatever's going on inside of me. Today, we can do it in the dark, and we can do it anywhere else for that matter. We can talk in the daytime, vulnerably, intimately, by the grace of God. How about you? If you want to read this podcast, again, the title, The Reward of Doing It in the Dark, it, it is, it's a practical podcast to once you get to that place now you do have to get to that place to where the gospel has truly neutralized the sin and then you then you're at that awkward place where now you're going to go to each other you're going to start talking the sin is neutralized but talking can still be arduous here are a couple things uh, questions for you to reflect upon number one do you find it difficult to talk or to look your spouse in the eyes so you can have intimate communication? Number two, is it hard for you to be vulnerable with your spouse? Number three, have you considered doing it in the dark? Now, if you want more information about this, then let me encourage you to listen to episode 114 from the Life Over Coffee series, How to Fix Your Communication Problems. In the show notes to that podcast, I have three articles. I have a 90-second video. I have an infographic. There's a 30-minute podcast, and so there's more information. And then if you if you want to talk with us, if you're a non-supporting member, go to our public forums and ask your questions. If you are a supporting member, please use the private forum, and it would be a joy to serve you. Your Daily Drive is a production of rickthomas.net, a global community that is seeking to live more productive and inspiring lives. If you'd like to learn more about our community, please go to rickthomas.net, rickthomas.net.